0: It is Locked On Jazz for the 9th of December. The Utah Jazz are absolutely crushing people offensively. We'll look at to what extent and why they're getting that done. We'll also address some really inane comments from Patrick Beverly and Anthony Edwards and the Philadelphia 76ers on the docket. We come from way up high in Philadelphia for today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Hi, I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. On YouTube, you can push that little button right there, hit subscribe, and get it notched to. All right, I think you can see there's this crazy glare. I have to show you the view out of my hotel room today. And then we will um, get back to the regular show and then we'll actually close the blinds and everything. So I I don't think I've in in a span of getting in at three o'clock in the morning. um, I don't think I've made my hotel room too much of a mess yet. So this is can you see this? The view out of my hotel room and we are way, way up here, like 50 floors high. I think you can see that kind of crazy. Like wild. The sun's bearing down on me. So we're going to have to close the blinds. But that is, this is a pretty snazzy spot. Like, you know, summers, Spring Hill Inn, Hampton Inn, all those things. Uh, And then this time of year, I get to stay in the nicest hotels uh, in the world. So it's kind of cool. But I had to show you guys that view. Hopefully that came across. You can tell me in the chat room if it did. The glare, I'm now closing the blinds so that the glare goes away so that we can actually have a conversation. Um, Oh, whoa, where'd my camera go? There we go, now it's like really dark in here. I have no lights on, I didn't think about that. All right, a little wacky, what do I do? Give me one second. Got to turn some lights on here. All right, that's a little better. I didn't think about that, that if I open that up, I'd end up losing all the lights. Um, in the building. So yeah. All right. Um, I do not get the hotel points. Someone was asking. Uh. All right. Let's get to this. We started this whole week out saying this would be really interesting. The Jazz have the best offense in the NBA. They're the number one team offensively, and we're gonna, you know, like let's see. We're about to play the cat, the Boston Celtics. who At the time, I think we're thir- fourth off. Defensively, and then we played the Cavs, who were third, and then we played Minnesota, who by that time was fourth, and now we've got a Philadelphia team that's really good. Um, and so the what's happened? So we've played twelve quarters against these teams. Let me remind you the standard here: league average is about one hundred and ten points per one hundred possessions. The if you are ten percent above that for, I've always said two quarters. You, I don't think you can lose. It's really hard to lose. We used to talk about it all the time defensively if we could hold someone under a hundred, and I think that's actually a. I don't, I don't have the top level totally figured out mathematically, but from a from a, if you could hold someone under a hundred twice in a ball game, you were going to win every time. If you're going to win once, you're going to win almost all the time. What we're doing is the other side. We're going to 120. Now that's that can kind of go forever. Well, it can you know to 300, I guess in theory. <laughs> don't give us ideas. Uh And so here's what we've done so far. We have played 12 quarters against teams that are top five defensive teams. Anything over 120 is a pretty incredible quarter of offense. First quarter against Boston was a 146. Second quarter was a 91. Third quarter was a 171. Fourth quarter was a 142 for a 138 offensive rating that night. Then we went to Cleveland. Our opening quarter was a 133. Our second quarter is a 122. Our third quarter is a 124. And the fourth quarter we bombed it to an 82. So we finished at a 116, which is actually pretty good considering league average is 110 and Cleveland's the third best defense in the league. We're probably eight or nine points above league average on that performance. So, again, three out of four quarters, 120 or higher. In the first two games, we had four of the eight quarters, 130 or higher. We go last night to Minnesota, 126 in the first. 104 in the second. That was our dud. We seem to have one dud per game. Okay. Uh. 135 in the third and a 158 in the fourth for a 131 offensive rating. In now nine of 12 quarters against the best defensive teams in the league. We haven't seen the Warriors. They're, they're, they're another planet defensively the way we're another planet offensively right now. Interestingly enough, by the way, That's what the matchup used to be when we played the Rockets, and we really couldn't totally slow them down. Which is an interesting idea. Now, we didn't have the offensive firepower the Warriors do to match that. And so even though we slowed down the Rockets a little, our offense couldn't get there. That's what led to the transformation of what our team is. So 12 quarters, nine of the 12 quarters, 120 or better. Six of the 12 quarters, 130 or better. Maybe that's our number, 130. That Like, you go over 130 twice in a game, you're going to win. Our offensive ratings the last three days are a 138, a 116, and a 131. Come on. Here's the craziest one to me about last night. This, this is, and, and we touched, uh, Tim LaComb and I kind of just touched on this without being able to delve into it. This is why we have locked on. In the first half last night, our offensive rating is a 115.4, which seems mundane to talk about right now, right? The way, like, we're talking about these massive numbers. In our first half against the third best defense in the league, our offensive rating was a 115.4. That would be the equivalent of the number two offense in all of the NBA if we did that for an entire season. Okay, follow me on this one. I actually think this is, if there's anything of value that I'm going to say today, like every now and then I'll like actually say to someone, like, you know what, I think you might actually want to listen to Locked On Jazz or something of value. This is my point of value today. Uh, internally in Locked On is the, whatever my silly title is, I always talk to the host about value content. This is my takeaway value content for you today. And it, here's the, here's to sum it up. Even when we're not very good, we're elite. Okay? So in the first half of last night's game, our offensive rating is a 115.5, which if we did that for the entire season, would be the number, well, actually, it would be the number one offense in the NBA. Because we are the only teams that are better than 115.4 for the season. So in the first half of last night's game, we had an offense that would have been against the number three defense in the league, the number one offense in the league. What what did we do to do that? In that quarter, in that half, To have the number one offense in the NBA against the number four defense, here's what we did. Of course, my computer just froze. Here we go. We shot 10 of 31 from three. 32%. So we must have gone to the free throw line a ton. Nope. We went to the free throw line and made six free throws. Well, then we must have really crushed them on the offensive glass because that's our Nope. We only had two offensive rebounds. We only turned it over five times. So that's great. We kept our turnovers down. And we did happen to shoot the two ball like out of this world in that quarter. We were 12 of 15 on twos, which is astronomical. But if you look at our shot chart in that period of time, we took, if actually I do, within six feet, we took 10 of 12 the rim donovan we are pounding the rim so in the first half of the game we went nine of ten at the rim all right that's a little extraordinary of all of our shots we only took five non-restricted area twos in the entire half so shot distribution was perfect we took seven corner threes we only made two of them we took 24 above the breakthroughs we only made eight of them Okay, you can give me back one or two of our rim layups and put us at 70%, which is closer to the norm. I, then I get one of our corner threes. Then we suddenly, I get us to go three for seven from corner three, and I get an extra three points. You took away four. I get one more three. We go nine of 24. I get. I'm now ahead. I now have more. Our shot distribution and the way we play is so perfect. If we didn't, a night like that where we don't turn it over, even if we don't offensive rebound, even if we don't go to the free throw line excessively, we're taxing you in so many ways defensively that even when we're not very good, we're the best in the league. It's crazy. It's bonkers. It's befuddling. (laughs) Trying. It's just wacky. And I think that's... Uh, I think that's my what we've just seen here. We've just gone up against three of the best defenses in the league. And we're throttling them the minute we play well. The minute we play well, it's other level. 130s, 140s, 150s. We didn't do that much exceptional stuff in the first half. We just didn't turn it over. We didn't offensive rebound. We didn't go to the free throw line. We didn't hit our threes. But on the other end, and this is kind of in Seth Partnow's book right now, which is really good. I'll get this in a second. People don't understand the three point revolution in the mid range and what it does to the rim. We're number one in the league at the rim. We're number one in the league at the mid at the floater because of our three point shooting. When you have to close out like bonk, like like all hell's on fire to get out there. And you, then we drive by you, and now we're in a five on a five-on-four around the rim. We're going to make rim shots. Or Mike Conley's going to toss up because you got to stay with Rudy Gobert. It's, it's exceptional. Tonight's another really big task. We'll get into it in a second. Patrick Beverly's an idiot. We'll talk about No, I don't know if that's true. But come on. Let's, if he's going to be inflammatory, I'll be inflammatory. He's actually, one of his points is actually, actually real, frankly. One of his points is 100% real. And then the rest of it is ludicrous. Um, and if I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sum up in one sentence what I think of the comments from Anthony Edwards and Patrick Beverly after the game uh, last night. And if you don't know what they are, I will tell you what they are because you're like, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, this is Locked On Jazz, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks very much for making this your first listen. Of the day. If you have not listened to Locked On Now yet, it's a podcast. Uh, it's on YouTube at Locked On NBA. It's a recap of the night's NBA action from the local experts. I think maybe I'm just such a big NBA fan. I'm busy all the time. I love it. I think it's just a really, really cool show. Uh, I'd love it if you would check it out and uh, give Locked On now a uh, listen. That would be super. Today's show is brought to you by my friends at Grip6.com. Uh, they've got all sorts of great holiday packs for you. Premium and Titan packs are 40% off right now. Eight-pack socks is 30% off and 25% off belts. Uh, those promo codes are all better than Lockdown. If you can leave a note somewhere and say you heard from Lockdown, I'd greatly appreciate it just so that they, you know, renew as a sponsor and stay with us. Um, they have new long socks too, boot socks. I'm fired up about that. Um, did not see those until just now. And uh, I I actually really like my my short grip six socks, my fastback wool ankle socks. I wear them more than I would have suspected. Now they have some new ones with different um, size, which is great for me. Because uh, when you're walking around the cold of Minnesota and you're wearing little socks, It sucks. Wow, Minnesota's cold. All right, back to the focus, grip6.com. Free shipping on everything over $50. If you don't know about the Grip6 belt, I'm wearing mine right now. See, I prove it to you. I don't make this stuff up. This is my honeycomb belt. I adore it. I love it. It's my number one belt that I wear all the time. Yes, I'm now not wearing a belt. Um, I can handle it. I'm just doing a podcast. Um, At least you now know I'm wearing pants. So that's a step in the right direction. Uh, it's the oldest joke in the book. Uh, all right. Uh, lack of sleep. So go to grip6.com. Check it out. They got all sorts of deals. Let them know that you heard about it from Locked On. Uh, the promo code is Locked On. You can try that and see if you get any extra. But I don't think engineered without holes, without flaps, and without bulk. It's all at grip6.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Shopify. Uh Shopify allows you to take your small business and turn it into a big business. Cha-ching! It's the sound of another sale at Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. In case you don't know, Shopify's complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. Subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify stores owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, i.e., point-of-sale app. A company hardware. Go check it out. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resource once only for big companies. Upstarts, startups, established businesses can all do it at Shopify. So right now, go to shopify.com/slash locked on NBA, all lowercase for a 14-day free trial. Get full access of Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com/slash locked on NBA. By the way, side note for coffee people out there. This is the La Colombe Oat Milk Draft Latte. This is heaven. This is truly, it's not quite as good as the, uh, it's better in the store than it is the little cans you can get, but it's pretty close to heaven. So if you're a coffee drinker, this is close to heaven. All right. Um, After the game the other night, Patrick Beverly, who can't shut up, who made a bunch of little floaters early in the game, was really super proud of himself for being, like, good, said, I'm the defense player of the year. I'm always guarding the best player no matter what. I'm not roaming. It's no discredit to Royce O'Neal or any others on their team, but I'm the defense player of the year. I'm not guarding Royce O'Neal. I'm guarding Mike Conley. I'm guarding Donovan Mitchell. I'm guarding Boyan Bogdanovich. You you got Rudy Gobert out there guarding Vanderbilt, and every time I hear his defense player, so uh, whatever. All right, first of all, this is the evolution of the Utah Jazz which is we're going to keep Rudy Gobert close to the middle no matter what. So if you put a non-shooter out on the floor, then we're going to end up taking your uh, non. Take advantage of your non-shooter, and we're going to keep Rudy Gobert close to the middle of the floor every single time. So that's what's going on there. And the Jazz have really gotten better and better and better at this um, to do it. Um, last year, I will give Patrick Beverly credit. He actually caused Donovan Mitchell some difficulty defensively. Good. Congratulations. You actually, the, the idea that this is like this one-on-one battle for defense and there's no son- concept of team or team element of or anything of that, and that you might be playing team defense and schemes from someone like Beverly is a pretty revealing concept to who he is as a player and how he views playing as as a team, like I think that's a that's a really eye opening comment to me there. By the way, last night Donovan Mitchell in six shots against Patrick Beverly scored nine points. I'll take that. In six shots, took nine points. Okay, the other one was Anthony Edwards decided to pop off and say that he's not scared by Rudy Gobert. He doesn't put any fear in my heart. The, the weird thing here is why and what, the, what it is, frankly, about the American basketball player. I'm, I'm going to stick it on the American basketball player. That they have such a problem with Rudy Gobert being good. I really think it is a cultural thing about something about one-on-one American basketball machismo, something about our game that that these guys are just, like, can't deal with it. Like, it might not have scared Anthony Edwards, but he took one shot when Rudy was the closest defender all night, so I'm actually going to go out on a limb to say it scared him. Like, he didn't even get close. And the year before, he was 3 of 10 when Rudy was the closest defender. And last night, like, but facts don't matter here. That's what's so stupid about this. Here's my take. Here's what I said on the plane last night. If I'm Sacramento and I saw those comments, you know what I would say? We got a chance to make the playoffs because they're a mess. Like, the fact that that's what they're talking about after losing by 30 tells me that they probably, they have, that they're, that they're a mess. They're nowhere near ready to win as a basketball team. They don't have any idea how to win. They don't have any idea what they're trying to do as a group. They don't have any idea. Wh- and so if I'm Sacramento and I see those quotes from Minnesota, I'm thinking to myself, great, we got a chance to make the playoffs. That's literally what my first thought was that those kind of comments coming out of a team that's lost four in a row, lost by 30, and is that much of a mess and quit. They let go of the rope and quit last night. You know, I go back to the game where we got blown out. We came back and we rallied back and I was really poo-pooed the comeback we made that night. And I i said, I thought it was irrelevant. And da-da-da. And, you know, it actually might have spurred us on to this stretch where we've actually been good. So I might have been a hundred percent wrong. I'm wrong all the time, by the way. Just don't, you know, listen to the show. Make hopefully it makes you think and you learn something. It makes it better to be a jazz fan. But don't think it's like I'm like, whoo, gosh, I'm wrong all the time. Um, so what I what's interesting to me on that is like, here's this team that they they didn't fight last night. Like I said it pretty early on. Oh, this one's done. You could see them quit. Like at fifteen, you could see them just let go of the rope and quit. So I it take as I was walking uh, downtown Philadelphia to, this morning to go get my La Colombe and head over to the Reading Market to go have my Dutch breakfast to, from the Amish, um, which is my I love to do. Um, I I I thought to myself that was a thought I had. I was like you know what I think I was really wrong about that fourth quarter because. I'm um, actually was listening to Lockdown Now. Um, and John Corrales was talking about how the Celtics actually fought back and they continue to fight, though they're not, you know, they're not winning. And it, you know what, that's a lot better than Minnesota last night. Minnesota just let go of the rope and quit. I, I mean that's truly what they did. Uh a few things last night, just kind of to recap why we were so good. They put two on the ball. And we, I said it in yesterday's – this is a case where I was right. If you listen to yesterday's Lockdown Jazz, you were listening, watching the game going, oh, okay, this is exactly what Locks said." Like, Ron Boone and I watched, watched film on every flight. Ron's the greatest. And so we were watching the film of Minnesota, and literally the two of us looked at each other and were like, oh, we're going to kill them. Like, if you put two balls two, – two balls. Two balls on the player. Most of them have that. Two players on the ball. I I I I I'm a dad. I make myself laugh. Dad joke, inappropriate dad jokes here on Locked On Jazz. Woohoo! Be your first listen and get inappropriate dad jokes all the time. If you put two players on the ball, we're gonna move it and get wide-open looks, and they're the number one team in the league allowing corner threes, and what was so interesting last night before the game is Chris Finch, their head coach, I asked him about it, like, do you alter, and he literally said to me, his quote after the game was, you know what, for 82 games, this is the right way for us to play, which I thought was a really telling comment of, like, I have a team that's inactive defensively that wants to play offense instead of defense. I'm We're going to go trap the ball. I have a center who's bad defensively. We're going to go trap the ball and put two on the ball and create activity and impact the ball and move around, and it's going to work on most nights for us for the long term of the season, and tonight's not one of them. That was legitimately, what Chris Finch to me said was when he made the comment, hey, we think it'll work for 82 games. It was like, I've been in this league long enough because I'm super old to be able, as we talked about earlier this week, to say that, you know what? That's his like signal. Like tonight might not be one of those nights where it works. And I thought that was a, um, I, I thought that was a telling comment of like, you know, what I'm building something here. I'm trying to get this team to play defense. I got guys that don't naturally play defense. I got guys that aren't naturally active defensively. They don't get back defensively. And so I, I'm gonna we're gonna create a, their turnover numbers are way down. As teams have scouted Minnesota, their turnover numbers are way down, and they're in a lot of trouble. Because teams have figured it out. Like the, I, I mean, I, I hate. I didn't mean to be a jerk to Chris Finch yesterday. He seems like a delightful, delightful man. Is the two questions I asked him like afterwards? He kind of looked at me like, "Come on, man." Like, one was, you know, what's happened in the most recent games? Your turnovers are way down. And number two is, do you change what you're doing with four, four forty percent three point shooters on the floor from the Jazz at all times? And the answers were clear. Like, I, I, he's like, I, you know, hey, I don't have an answer for that. All right, uh, we'll get ready for Philadelphia take some of your questions. I see some good stuff coming in um, as well. Uh, and we have not talked about the NBA player of the week yet, Donovan Mitchell, who is just crazy. Uh, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to make take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need want or simply forgot about on average people save up to $720 a year with Truebill, but because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel all your unwanted subscriptions. It also does a lot more than this. This is their selling point, but I've downloaded Truebill and I will tell you, it actually has a lot of other features. And I think it's kind of cool. Like it does nicely keep you up to date kind of on where your spending is and where your categories of spending are and when your next bills do and when you get paid. It's always nice. Notifies you when you get your paycheck. Uh, over 2 million users have saved over 100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by Stance. Colorful, comfortable Stance, the apparel, well made, super soft, and entirely unique. It's. A lot of fun to wear uh, and out there for you. Stance, founded in 2009, represents a reinvention of socks, underwear, active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creative. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside with some pop culture, hottest collaborators, all going on right now. Your favorite designs, whether it's Star Wars, The Office, Harry Potter, Stance apparel items you like want uh, are out there for you. Uh, I still wear my Brent Berry socks whenever I go mountain biking. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get 15% off your first purchase. Enjoy the color and comfort of Life Less Ordinary with Stance. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's on another planet right now. We should be discussing this. The Player of the Week has scored 30 in four or five straight games. His moves to the basket last night is in and out, is I was really wanting to put together a highlight package of my calls of him last night. Cause he was just, he was electric. He, he, he had an interesting comment on the post game with Holly Rowe about, he can get by the first guy every time. That's what he does after that. He's got four straight games with 30 points. Um, I mean, he's a large part of why the offense is going nuts. He's shooting 58%, 43% from three, 94% from the free throw line. He's also got five assists in those games. Um, 34 points a game. He is just blowing by people. He is, so creative in the in the lane. He's making good reads. He's in control. He had 17 in the first quarter. He was just zeroed in. There was a great moment post-game um, where he made the comment, uh, someone asked him about, like, what did Quinn Snyder say the first time out after Mike had thrown the ball away twice? He's like, I don't know. I was so locked in I didn't hear him. Uh, that's the other one last night. Not a lot of live ball turnovers. You know, the, the key coming in the game was to not turn the ball over with live ball turnovers, and the Jazz uh, were able to do that and uh that that was a massive key uh to last night. All right, let's quickly look at um there's so many questions and um like I am so short these are so brutal. three o'clock. we got in three. like I try to get my sleep. They, they tell me sleep's important. I'm trying to buy into this concept, and then, um, I need to eat. I buy into that concept. I never have had to be talked into that. And then next thing you know, you're short on time uh, to give anything to that. I kind of feel like we should be doing a 40 minute show. People are fired up and ready to go. And then I just don't have time for it today. Uh, so let me just quickly run. And I have a ton of questions that have come in. Um, let me, uh, let's talk about Joel Embiid. So, Offensively, 76ers don't run a lot of complicated stuff. They'll, to, Embiid will just be in the middle of the floor, all seven feet of them. They don't really have, unless Maurice thibels on the floor, they don't have a non-shooter on the floor when they first start. They'll have Tobias Harris, and they'll have Maxie, and they'll have Danny Green um, on the floor, and their fourth guy is Seth Curry. So <coughs> Rudy will have to guard him. We can't hide Rudy on Vanderbilt and keep him toward the middle. Uh, the other thing is that when Embiid is on the floor – they're in the 72nd percentile offensively, and they're in the 87th percentile defensively. They're really good against the shot. They're going to play drop big. They're going to hug the three-point shooters. Um, they're going to they're going to make it very difficult for us to go get our threes off. They only allow when Embiid's on the floor. They only allow 33 percent of all shots to be threes. Um, they only allow six percent of corner threes. Um, they force you into a huge amount of mid range jumpers. They're playing that drop big style, and he's massive and he's a great, great defensive player. So that is going to be really difficult for us. Now, Embiid offensively, if he's not totally engaged, he'll he'll play on the outside, he'll take a lot of bad shots, but he takes a lot of attention. The minute he goes to post, you got to double and rotate out, and then they got bona fide shooters. And so he just he bends a game. Uh, because of his size and his caliber and he will be very, very difficult. They played last night in Charlotte against a shorthanded Charlotte team. And so they had to they had to really battle last night. Now when Andre Drummond comes on, it's their version of Asan Whiteside. And then they're not quite it's not quite as as awe inspiring. Um when Drummond's on the floor they're they're even they're plus nine when Embiid's on the floor. When Drummond's on the floor they're but then their defense is not good. Then their defense slips to the 23rd percentile and their shot profile is not as kind of daunting as what we, as what I talked about. They suddenly start to allow a lot of corner threes. Um, They're okay at denying shots uh, three, but the you suddenly can get to the rim because Drummond has no lateral movement and, and no ability to handle that. And so that, that's where we have to really take advantage of those drumming minutes. Maybe we're going to try to go small. He'll then try to overpower down low, which he might be able to do because he's he's so big. Um so interesting kind of uh matchup in that regard. We've got a big I should do my shows later all the time. Um I have a we have a bigger live audience. All right, let me quickly look at some of the questions. Um see if there's anything here. Do you think the Jazz can ma- complete for a championship with a middle of a pack defense as long as we maintain a historically great offense? I mean, I think we're one of the five teams that have a chance to win a title. Obviously, you know, do we get a terrible match? Are the, Someone like the Warriors, can we handle that matchup? They're going to be able to switch to a lot of things Clippers did last year. Um, and defensively, I always think it's hard to tell, you know, can we amp it up defensively when we have to? Because our offense is so good right now that it's kind of making it so we don't have to. The league's also just getting really good offensively. There's just so many shooters on the floor. And so we need to be better than we are right now defensively. I, I didn't check this morning um, yet where we are. I think we were you know sixth or seventh defensively. It's not terrible. And last night, I'm sure it didn't help. Yeah, we're sixth in the league defensively. You know, Without a lot of work, we could probably get to third or fourth. And then Golden State's on a different planet defensively um, right now. Uh, love aunt even respect Beverly but gobert kisses them on the forehead and puts them to bed with a glass of warm milk says clay was super worried for a second we were going to have another water cup incident and Rudy was going to get ejected last night I Rudy made a mistake last night when he crashed that water bottle down and it shattered all over the floor it was kind of you know his passion getting the best of him I think all of us have had those kind of moments uh, but that was not a uh, that was not a great moment. Riker, I think it's funny that Beverly said what he did when all those guys he mentioned starting went off last night. Conley shot 50%, Mitchell and Bogie were even better than that. Yeah, I um yeah, it, it was it was a really strange um element. Uh JC, where are you dining in Philly? No dining in Philly because of the fact that we fly to DC tonight. We're like here for 18 hours, not even that. Um, but Vernick is the best restaurant in town here. Uh, Zahav is a very popular was named Restaurant of the Year. Greek place that I love. Um, there's another Greek place, I actually, like more than Alex Jensen and I went to a few years ago. Um, so that's a good one. All right. Always um, always good to end on food. Thanks very much for tuning in. This is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Go listen to Locked on now. It's really cool. Please. See ya.